Let me ask you a question. What does it take to unlock potential, to discover what's truly possible in business, to create a new normal? It takes one thing, a leader who raises the bar, who sets bigger goals and higher standards for your business, your team, and most importantly, yourself. I'm your host, Katherine Binkley. I've scaled businesses for over 17 years, and I've helped my clients make millions of dollars without sacrificing their freedom by building and leading high-performing teams. Together, we're going to explore what it takes to elevate your leadership, your team, and your business. This is The Elevate Effect. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have Teresa Kwan with me, and she is a leadership speaker, strategist, and coach. Teresa, hello, and welcome. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me on. I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit about you and your business. I would love to. So I focus on leadership and team coaching. I'm just really passionate about helping purpose-driven entrepreneurs scale their businesses. And, you know, a key part of that is really unlocking the power of team. And so this is where I'm at. I'm working online. I used to work in startups, but now I'm here online and helping those who really are into making an impact in people's lives. Awesome. And you founded Daringly Great Leadership. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And who do you work with? Sure. Yeah. So I focus a lot on people who are course creators, experts, speakers, those who are leveraging really their expertise and their experience and really conveying that online and wanting to really help other people who are struggling with perhaps something that they've overcome and really allowing them to reach more people, have more impact, be able to make more income as a great byproduct of that. And really at the same time, having more time freedom because as you're scaling, you can either scale up your time in the business or find a smart way to scale down your time while you are having more impact. Yes. Love that. You've made such a difference already. You and I, of course, work together and I want to put that out because I don't know, that'll probably come up in the chat um, (laughs) as we talk some more, but you're helping me as I am becoming a better leader and scaling my business through a team. I've scaled and continue to scale through other means with marketing, but there's just nothing like bringing on a team. And Mm -hmm. I know for me, there was a time where I did not want a team. I didn't Mm -hmm. think I wanted a team. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I had this switch and realized, no, I want to play bigger. I want to really go all out. And so I knew team was going to be part of that. So I'm so glad that I found you. Oh, and I'm so glad that we met even for beyond that. Like I love being able to have fun with you. (laughs) You Even when we were in LA together too. Yes. Yes. I know we have had some fun. So, okay. Before we get into specific content around leadership. I just want to hear about your journey. How did you get into what you're doing? And I've heard this a little bit, but tell me about your story as to how you became an entrepreneur. Wow. You know, I actually just had a coffee with an old mentee of mine from, I kid you not, like 15, 20 years ago. Like we've, it's been a while. And I was just explaining to her that I feel like I've come full circle. So I actually come from a family business. Like I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. You know, I think only recently I really admitted and embraced that I actually come from both sides, three generations of entrepreneurs 
in my family. And here am I becoming the fourth and I was kind of not embracing it for a long time, but now I'm fully embracing it. You know, I started my career because, you know, coming from a family business, like I learned how to do it all, supporting nonprofits, working then into government, stepping into more the public policy arena, got to go international, working corporate, and most recently in startups. And, you know, it's funny to think that I started with a family business and here Mike starting my own business like 40 years later, right? And honestly, I'll say that there was a catalyst moment that really triggered me into this. And it's definitely more for personal reasons, you know, like I was just working dogged hours, 80 plus hours a week, not sleeping, not doing anything, but being a linchpin in the business at a startup. And it was wrecking my health. It was wrecking my marriage. And there was a point where my husband asked asked me for divorce. And that was a very pivotal time for me where I knew I was like, I can't do this anymore. We've got to be able to find a balance. And so I started side gigging And I had been looking at this kind of online entrepreneurial world, of course, creators, of coaches online, not sure what to make of it for like probably about five, six years, six years, and was side gigging as a business coach. And then last summer, it's like almost a year, actually, I was let go from this startup. And it was like a a sad moment, but also like the most thrilling moment (laughs) When I think back, because it was like freedom, like that was the thought that went through my mind was like, oh my gosh, freedom. And I went home and my husband got home from work. And the first thing we did was book a flight to go travel and get away and work on our marriage. And then that has launched me into saying like, I'm never going to go back. And I really want to build a business on my terms and leverage the experience and expertise I have to promote and help those who really are in it to you know, that's aligned with my vision and my passion and my values online. And that's how I stepped into it. So probably a year ago, I basically closed the door on corporate startups. I even had a corporate consulting business for 12 years. I closed all of it all in one fell swoop, boom, and done. And I just only want to work online with like amazing people who care about people who want to be difference makers and channel all of this into helping people like you, people like your audience, people who really want to make an impact in the world. I love that. It's interesting how many times I hear stories of some people could take as just absolutely tragic, like, you know, being let go from a position and just turning it around for good. And that serves as that catalyst to go and do what you really want to do. Exactly. exactly. It's so fascinating to me how often it takes something like that. And it's good to be grateful for those moments because I don't know about you, but this is a question I have sometimes is, mm-hmm. would you have taken that step without them closing that door for you? Ooh, that's a good one. And I think about that a lot. You know, I'd already sort of disengaged my heart. I stopped working the 80 and started working 60, which is still (laughs) too many hours. I was already like checking out, I'll be honest. But the paycheck, having a stable paycheck when I'm the breadwinner of a family, I have extended family I support, that was really hard to let go. And so, of course, the whole idea was like, build up my business so that I can step away. So I might not have stepped away at that time, but I'll tell you that my heart had already left. You know, the final kind of seal the deal thing for me was that, you know, like Texas is a fire at will state. So literally I can just like sneeze the wrong direction and they can let me go and that's totally illegal here. But the way they let me go was honestly like, 
there were things in it that just really sealed, wow, I should not be working for people who I don't share values with, right? Like there was just not integrity in that with the way that they handled things and that leadership. And I can say too, like that was partly what propelled me into like saying like, hey, I'm going to redefine leadership because there's a lot of poor leadership out there. And that's a shame because there are a lot of amazing people who want to do good work and work with great people. And somehow like leadership's become this like, you know, this kind of pie in the sky that you think we can't attain that, but we also have bad leaders to some extent. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so, yeah, so there's there a lot so of bad leaders. moments that just like catalyzed, it could have like made me implode and go into right. depression, but instead it just like, for me, it was like even more, it's like, look, let me show you, let me, I'm going to change the world. Like yeah. this shouldn't be happening anymore at all. Right. right? Yeah. So good. So you talked a little bit about two things there that kind of drove you to start your business, both the personal reason and then the impact driven reason. What really lights you up in your business now? Oh, you know, my favorite moment, honestly, is watching the ahas happen. So one of the things for me personally, too, in my life is that I have been mentoring mostly young women for like over 20 years. And I did that on the side partly because I just enjoy watching people come into new revelation, being able to empower and encourage people, stand alongside them and say like, look, you can do it. Like go after your dream or like you can stand up to use your voice. And I feel like I've just kind of pulled those things together. My love of mentorship and coaching and then also like being able to like share in my expertise and experience. And so, yeah, those aha moments when, you know, you get them, you're a coach. Like when you get to see people be like, it's like just click, click, click. And then you see not just click, click, click. And then you like see all the gears going. It's just like Uh the most magical moment ever. That's my favorite. And that's what lights me up. I love that all I get to do is witness like people really stepping into their purpose, like having dreams truly come true. Like I love just being a guide in all of that process. That's amazing. Let's dive in a little bit to this topic of becoming a kind of leader that you want to follow. Yeah. And I remember, I don't remember exactly when it was when we were working together, but within one of the first few calls, you walked me through an exercise where we actually talked about this. And I was reflecting on those that I'd consider bad leaders and good leaders. And it was just really powerful for me. I know I had some ahas that you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into this a little bit for those who are listening. Mm -hmm. Where would you start there? You know, I think one of the things that seems actually is really daunting about leadership, right? Is that When we think of leaders, we think of someone on a pedestal and someone that we think of MLK, we think of, you know, maybe there's a president that you really looked up to or world changers who have changed the face of history. We put them on a pedestal and we think like, wow, could I be that one day, right? And yet we look around and often, unfortunately, I think more times than not, we see leaders that fail us 
right? And so we have this ideal vision of what a leader is. And yet, like, because it's so ideal, like, we also look around and be like, well, why aren't there more good leaders, right? And I feel like leadership, oftentimes, even if you like walk through Barnes and Noble, or you go through Amazon, if you look up leadership, a lot of the book covers, if you look at it, they're like people who are in suits, very corporate, like buttoned up, like often men <laughs> mm-hmm. or or military and I'm like it just makes me sometimes I'll walk through a bookstore on purpose because I just want to see those books and be reminded and say like you know that's actually not doing us a good service right yeah. like that kind of leadership is not the only way and I see leadership as someone who is able to influence and move hearts towards action Right. And if you use that definition, then there are so many people in our past, in our lives that have moved our hearts and even like helped the little click, click, click happen in our minds that have moved us towards action. And so the exercise I like to walk through is to have someone first think about like, what's your definition of leadership? Like, right. And you start writing all these words and like, who do you think is a great leader? And you start listing out all those things. Right. But we put that aside. And if you're listening and you're welcome to do this along with this exercise, but then what I like to do is talk about lights. Like who have been the lights in your life? Like basically people who have guided you, who have been those people who have been a great mentor, people who you remember in your heart so fondly. It's like that teacher or that person, that lady from church or that book, even like I've been mentored by books and like, who are the people in your past, people you worked with, even people you volunteered with, people you even observe from afar. It's like, who are the people that you've actually in real life touched and have touched your heart and moved your heart? And, you know, just thinking back to that. And then who are the people who Like who have been the disappointments? Like there are people in our lives that have been a disappointment as a leader, right? And it's kind of like they fell a little short, right? You were adult enough, even as a child to be like, yeah, that's not how it's supposed to be, you know? Or like managers or bosses in the past that you've had that have been like, wow, like really? That's just, you shouldn't be that way, right? And one of the things I like to do is like, hey, just stop and let's think about those people. And as you list out the names, think about like, what are the qualities that those people exhibit? Like, how would you describe? Like, for example, I have a woman named Kitty in my past, and she was like a mother to me, you know, and such a big influence in my life that helped me heal. And if I were to describe her and what her qualities are, like I would start listing out like she's just so compassionate and so warm and she was such a wonderful listener and like just, you know, knew when to pause and knew when to press me forward. Like there were just so many things I can describe about how she influenced me. And I like to take that list of qualities of all the people that were the lights in your life, right? Like that really influenced you towards your growth or your healing or your greater success, right? In and out of the workplace. And then take that list and go back to that original one of leadership and compare the two, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because when you do that, it's like the list usually comes out to be, and I did this at a retreat recently with some ladies and, you know, they were just, they called them, these are all the soft words. That's what they would say. Like, ah, yeah. these are like Oh, empathy, compassion, like listening, like I can do all of those things. 
I thought leadership was honor and integrity and like people follow me and it's very masculine, but they were like, this is just so feminine. How is this leadership? Right. And I'm like, no, absolutely. This is leadership because they influenced you. They influenced you to a greater version of yourself. And in that discussion, I like to always say, it's like, hey, you know, can you be these things? Are you embodying these things? Because if you are, you are a leader and you can influence people in that way. And it's not about having four stars on your shoulder or whether you are a perfect list of all these ideals that come in, you know, your typical leadership books. So, yeah. I remember walking through the similar exercise and I'm going to see if I can even pull up my notes as to talk. That could be good. I'll see if there's something to pull out from there from my review. But I remember, like, I really resonate with you talking about it being some of the softer skills because those are the things that stuck out to me. And I know for me, when I thought about those that were lights versus those I was disappointed in, such a big factor was just feeling like they really cared about me as a person mm-hmm. versus needed something from me. Exactly. And I, yeah, I know. Right. And as you were talking, I was just remembering how leadership in one organization that I worked with literally called me by the wrong name for, I think oh my God, <laughs> so many years. <sighs> I still got called by the wrong name up until like, I think that just about the day that I left, it still happened. Mm-hmm. But in the first six months to a year, I was called the wrong name so many times. It was the most thing. And this wasn't a huge organization. I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about like 20 something people. And, but there were so many degrees of separation between, I mean, there's just so much hierarchy and different Mm -hmm. degrees of leadership, so much separation. And it was the feeling when someone doesn't even know your name. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're working so hard to make their vision come true. Like, it's all about that care to me. So yeah. I'm sure you've got some more stories or examples. Can you share some things that you've heard about maybe some good examples and maybe even some bad and maybe there's some lessons that will come from that? Mm-hmm. Gosh, I mean, I think we can all look back. Wow. I haven't met one person who couldn't name at least one right? At least one person that really moved and shaped them. And it's interesting hearing your story about like how they kept calling you the wrong name, right? And one of the words I remember in that list that I built with this group of women recently was, you know, one of the words was like, they see me. They don't just see me, but they see me and the potential in me and my intentions and my heart and they see a bigger, greater, grander version of me that maybe I can't even see myself. And we're talking about, you know, another thing I talk about in leadership is belief and how oftentimes the thing that catalyzes just a kind, nice, empathetic person that gives hugs, right? Because that could be anybody, just the, the average nice person. But what makes them a leader is that they see you, they see that person, but then they believe. They believe in the future version of that person, like the potential, like what's possible that maybe the person that they're mentoring or pouring into can't see in themselves. And that belief is what ignites and makes the difference, right? 
Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you can think of people that have put that belief and trust in you, right? In yeah. your past. Yeah. And that's the difference between a nice person and someone who is a leader, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And oftentimes they haven't been the same person that if I look at the entire organization had the most power or mm-hmm. the biggest title, right? Mm-hmm. It's the person who took the time to stop by the office just to check in and not to ask for anything, but just to see how you're doing. And mm-hmm. so I did pull up my notes Ooh. from the session that we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about experiences, emotions, and meaning. And mm-hmm. I won't go through all of it, but it's right in alignment because some of the things that I wrote about the positive examples were that they were available. They poured into me, they were giving and investing and teaching. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel significant and important. And then the meaning that I assigned to that was that I was trusted, I was wanted, and that bred loyalty, right? Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, yes, a hundred percent. Like, and who doesn't want that in this world, right? Right. So, okay, let's shift because here's the thing we're talking about becoming that leader that you want to follow. And this is an incredible exercise to bring up that awareness. And then I have to like think to myself, oh my goodness, like, am I actually exhibiting? Like, this is who made the difference in my life. But now I have a team or my family or whomever, right? But in my business, I have a team and I'm most certainly failing at this more days than not, even though... I'm working on it actively. It's such a process and it's not going to happen in listening to just one podcast episode. You've got to dive in a lot deeper and you'll tell us how we can learn more and do more. But what's some of the first steps to actually bridge that gap? Yeah. Coming. Yeah. Well, first of all is to forgive yourself. Yeah. Because like I already hear your, it's the like, oh, but I feel most days than not. And I mean, you know, you hear parents say that too. It is a very parental thing it could, because yeah. when you're coming from the place of good intentions and truly from that place of love, and when you see the gap, like it hurts you because yeah. you're like, oh, but I really want to be a good right. leader. And I really do care about my team members. I really do. And there is no... But even though I want to say, but what happens, and it's not an excuse, it's just documenting kind of what happens. Things are just so busy and we, everything's moving at such a fast pace. And so our interactions tend to be, okay, what, what needs to happen? What needs to get yeah. done? What do you need from me? What's the yeah. next step mm-hmm. versus pausing and slowing down? And so I think that's a takeaway for me today as well is just to take that time and pause and slow down. Mm-hmm. And one thing I used to do that I haven't done, I can't help but share I'm going to, yeah, yeah. please. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, come on. We're bring it. <laughs> but this is top of mind. One thing that I used to do when I was a manager in corporate, mm-hmm. I actually scheduled, I am a project management person, a systems person. And so I used to schedule reminders for me to check in with team members. Mm-hmm. And I haven't done that in my own business. Mm. So I'm going to do that. So that's just one little takeaway that I'm capturing. But okay, can you talk to us more about that transition? So forgive yourself first. Yeah, forgive yourself first. You had to have grace, right? And I'll say this part first anecdotally is that it's a lot like, you know, you're a parent and I'm sure that you've had a lot of 
appreciation for your parents even now after being a parent, right? Mm -hmm. And so same thing with leadership. I think that so many of us have these disappointments like, oh, they should know better or like, why did they say that? Or like, I don't understand why they would do That's just like, that's, you shouldn't do that, right? We say these things about the leaders around us, whether we actually know them or not. But as you step into leadership, I think you'll grow in your, the grace for other leaders as well, because you realize how it can be one of the hardest things ever. Just like parenting yeah. is one of the hardest things you can ever do. But I always like to start with this, is that that activity, and I'm glad you brought up the experience, emotion, meaning part, is that all of that actually are the legs of really what a belief. Mm-hmm. And when that belief can either limit you or it can propel you, right? So it really starts with kind of your paradigm of the world and recognizing like, what do you believe about leadership? What do you believe about yourself as a leader? And what do you believe about the people? Like some definitions are like, With leadership, it's like a leader is someone who has followers. There's like one definition like that. But like, so what do you believe about leadership? And then taking a step back and looking at how you evaluate your relationship, right? And then let's go here. So one of the things I like to talk about is transactional versus transformational leadership. And I think a lot of us in the workplace, We've all probably had some kind of job at some point in time, whether that's a chore for allowance to like having salary jobs for, you know, fulfilling our job duties, right? There is a transaction. It's a contract. If you think about it, it's a contract. It's like, if you do this, you're going to receive this, right? And so we have decades of programming in ourselves that says like, hey, this is the contract. This is the deal. This is what you're agreeing to do. And for that, my agreement is to compensate you in this way, right? And so that's a very transactional relationship. And that looks at, and as a business owner, just pulling it a little bit closer, is that when you are hiring team members, oftentimes the compensation is money, right? And so it's money going out, which in the accounting world is an expense, right? And so you look at it as a loss and it's like money out, you're not giving back. Then there's this kind of impasse slash almost resentment that can build because the contract is not being fulfilled. Now, transformational leadership is to look at that contract, not as an exchange of goods for services or time for money, but looking at it as a contract as an investment. Hey, I'm choosing to invite you into catalyzing and growing and building something so much bigger than us, right? And it's not about help me build, but let's build something greater together. We're better together and I'm investing in you and I'm asking you to invest in me. And the money part may switch hands, may like, there's some transactions, sure, but the choice is that you're choosing to look at this contract, if you want to call it that, or relationship as a, an investment, mm-hmm. an investment of your time and your heart. Because if we're going back to that original list of like being seen, someone believes in me, someone stops to listen, someone really cares about me and knows my name for crying out loud, mm-hmm. Right. That is a choice, right? 
the choice is to say like, hey, my heart sees your heart. And that is hard to do when you're just transacting money, right? Where it's time for dollars, dollars for hours. But if you look at it as an investment, as a leader, if you're saying like, I can't be those things and those are the people that moved me, those are the people that open their hearts. And when you open your heart, that's an investment of you, your energy, your awareness, your love, your care, your time. So when you look at it that way, it's so much more than just dollars for hours. So then you are invested in their transformation as much as they are invested in the transformation of this business. And it becomes a win-win relationship. And so, you know, tying it back to that topic of like, how do you become the leader that you would follow? It's like, who are the people that moved you? And how did they do that? Well, they did it with heart. They did it because they chose to care, chose to see you in the sea of so many. And that awareness is an investment of your energy and your being and your life. And if we bring that into our businesses and seeing how bringing that kind of leadership here, and yeah, sure, for me, money is a form of energy. And, it, and that it's so small in comparison to the real energy exchange that's potential and happening. And so if you shift from seeing team members as an expense into an investment, right, a mutual win-win investment, like I think that that's, that's one of the shifts I like to help people make yeah. as they're stepping into leadership. That's incredible. There's so many arms and legs to that. And I know through talking to you, how many different places that feeds into that and that that impacts and you touch and you help people with a lot of things because it starts before they're on board. It starts, Mm -hmm. right? And you go through this whole process with Mm -hmm. your clients, helping them to figure out the right fit and to hire well and to Mm -hmm. onboard well and to establish the culture and the values, and then instill that, communicate that all the way through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, the thing is that all of those things, like you can Google it, there's checklists out there, wazoo out there. But if you don't have the right mindset and like you haven't made the shift from however you were operating or like made the shift from just being operational really is what it is. It's like yeah. to transformational and seeing that, and stepping into leadership and not just management, right? Then you can go through the same checklist that have completely different results. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And so, yeah, you provide the practical side, but you never stop there. You always go deeper because that's what you're saying is that's the difference. That's taking it from that transactional to transformational through every phase. Mm-hmm. Every phase. And, it, and it, yeah. it's work. That's why it's like, oh, "Oh, then you remember, because, you know, as a parent, as a partner, as a friend, like, you're not going to be perfect. You're a human. You're going to have moments of like, I really do care. But right now in this moment, like, I'm so annoyed beyond annoyed. And I'm just (laughs) like, maybe not going to act like it. But I mean, you know, so there's moments of like, you know, just being human. But if you're in that transformational relationship, it's like, they can see your heart. They can see your attention. 
you know, despite maybe whatever action it's like. And that's what helps breed a work family versus like an employee boss relationship. In fact, I hate the word boss for that reason. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. it's just, positions you and establishes a different kind of relationship versus like having this like a leader and team or fellow team member relationship. And so, yeah. yeah. So that's why it starts with forgiveness. You have to just be like, know that you're not going to be perfect at it. You know, that's just par for the course. (laughs) I hear you. And I'm glad that you said that because yeah, I need to just put it behind me, forgive myself and get better and then mess up again and forgive myself again. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even I think like to our language, you know, something that I'm constantly working on as well is like, we we don't realize how much our language, Mm -hmm. things like you fail, you mess up, Mm -hmm. like even using those words is adding a layer of critical pressure back on yourself. Right. And I mean, and this is going into more like brain science and NLP, but like, and this is why I'm, I personally am trying to work on my own language choices, like being very mindful of what comes out of my mouth or what I'm thinking, the word choice is that whenever you use those words, you're actually signaling to your brain that this is true and then go find more evidence of this is true. Right. So what could you say differently, Catherine? You said I messed up. So what could you say? Hmm. When I see room for improvement. Yes. That's good. Yeah. And so there's three spheres of leadership. One is self-leadership. And this is what we're talking about right now. It's like self-leadership, right? You're not always going to have the kitty who's going to always know when to come over and give you a hug, right? Like you need to learn how to love yourself in the way that people have loved you become the better version of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's self-leadership. And I think language, that's one of the fastest ways that we can grow at in self-leadership is by being very aware and choosing our language well. And when we do that for ourselves, that inevitably also comes through as we're communicating to other people, right? Like we may say some words that like, it's like, well, that's actually not what I intended, but this is the word that I said, and that's what they heard. And that's how they're, you know what I mean? So if we learn how to love ourselves first, then we're able to love others without even having to like, like try to choose the right words and how to like, okay, I'm going to say this, not be offensive, like blah, blah, blah. But like, I really want them to understand how serious I am. Like (laughs) we all do that. Right. Oh yeah, of course. So there's self-leadership and you said that's one of the three. Do you mind just rounding that out for us? And just, we don't have to dive into them at all, but just what are they? So Sure. So there's self-leadership and then that it's kind of like a three circle Venn diagram. So self-leadership and you have people leadership and then you have organizational leadership. And so this, we were just talking about that crossover between self and people leadership, right? If you work on like, so there can be practical things, right? Like, and this is a very practical piece. It's like learning to lead oneself, right? By being aware of the language we use and what we're signaling to our brain, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's just so much harder when we're like, oh, I'm such a screw up. Like I suck as a leader. <laughs> like I, I failed. Like, I mean, yeah. And society sort of teaches us to self-shame ourselves like that too much, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but we don't have to do that. Right. So it's like, how do you self-lead? And then what, as you're honing that awareness and language choice goes faster. And when you do that, then as you are communicating with the people and overlap as influence, 
because you're influencing others, like you're able to do it more from a place of love than Mm -hmm. from a place of lack. And then organizational leadership. So that's like, how do you influence them and how do you communicate with them through culture and core values? And how do you influence people, people's hearts to become a better version of themselves, right? And management falls into that as well from the people management part. Like you said, check in with Mm -hmm. like these guys, right? And the organizational leadership has to do with strategic kind of planning, direction, Mm -hmm. like how you structure things with processes, like how you, like org maps, like how do you lead from the business as an organism, you know, to function in harmony, right? And so all those three overlap to become like true leadership. And that's why it's so hard. There's so many moving parts. There are. Even to one of those. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Okay. So if someone wants to dive in and learn more about all of those or any of those or just one in particular, how could they find out more? Sure. Well, I am always in my Instagram. Um, love getting DMs. In fact, my favorite actually is voice notes and DMs mm-hmm. just because it's like, I don't know, it's just much more human to be able to reach out in that way. So I'm always on Instagram, Daringly Great Leadership. My website is daringlygreat.com. I'm also daringly great on all the other channels, Facebook, Pinterest, etc. And I love to share a lot on my Instagram. So in my stories and IG TV and IG Live. I've been trying to build up my Facebook Live as well to be able to share more in terms of how to look at leadership differently and how you can step into it and think about things. Yeah. Good, good. So if you're listening and whether you already have decided that you want a team to lead or not, because there's the self-leadership part as well, Mm -hmm. go check out Teresa, especially if you've decided that you want to build and grow a team and explore all three dimensions of leadership, then she's someone that you're going to want to connect with. So find her, DM her, You'll get some sweet voice notes back in your DMs. <laughs> and, you know, as we wrap up, any final words, anything that you just want to share to leave everyone with? Yeah. You know, kindness goes a long way. And it's not just being kind for the sake of kind. It's from a place of love. And you have experienced leadership in profound ways that you may not have been able to put your finger on or maybe connect back that, oh, that was leadership. And so I just want to encourage you to do that exercise and think about those moments and those experiences. How did that make you feel? And then what did it mean to you? And look at that pattern of how your heart was moved towards greatness, right? And start to really embrace that into your own patterns of relationships, whether that's, you know, family, whether that's friendship, and definitely certainly with your clients and or your team. And it's just so much more doable than I think we think. Like we, we all have these like leadership, I have stacks and stacks of leadership books everywhere. But, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know what true leadership is like and the kind of leader that you want to follow is the very kind of leader you can be. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing with everyone. This is one that is going to be so, so important and can make such a big difference for everyone to hear. So I'm glad that you're able to join me. Thanks for having me on. 
If you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you send me a screenshot of that review, I'll give you free access to my CEO scorecard. This is the same tool I use with my multiple six and seven-figure clients to help them up-level their role as CEO and achieve massive results. This resource is typically available exclusively to clients in my coaching program, The Elevate Effect. If you're ready to learn how to elevate your leadership, your team, and your business, head over to katherinebinkley.com forward slash The Elevate Effect and join us to reach your next level of success.